Hello, everyone. Welcome to Financial Views with Local Brews, Episode 1. My guests today are founders and owners of Primeval Brewing in Noblesville, Indiana, Nathan Compton and Tim Palmer. We talk origins, successes, failures, and future plans they have for the brewery, as well as share a lot of fun stories from their journey along the way. I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, Episode 1, Financial Views with Local Brews. boys well thanks for doing this um you know uh primeval's been my neighborhood spot uh since you guys opened so really excited for you guys to be episode one of financial views with local brews and you know uh so really appreciate you doing this my man so cheers all right cheers Cheers. Cheers. thank you now one of my favorite uh jump off points to any conversation is uh obviously you guys have had an interest in beer in a long time but for those that may be familiar unfamiliar with Primeval, how'd you guys get started? What are kind of the origins of how Primeval came about? Sure, well, um, I think uh, it, it really started with us getting into uh, homebrewing as a hobby. Um, I got into it probably 12 to 14 years ago. I lose track at this point. <laughs> um, you know, Tim got into it shortly after that. Uh, uh, that's where we met, um, started brewing beer together. Um, you know, uh, homebrewing is basically essentially the same thing that we do here it's it's you know it's you're, you're making beer uh you're crafting recipes you're going through the process uh you're just doing five to ten gallons at a time um as opposed to you know a couple hundred gallons so uh, that's where yeah yeah um yeah, we were uh, uh nate was part of a homebrew club called uh Bone blowers of indiana fbi for short and um when i got into it i um i was uh recommended by our uh, local homebrew shop that you should join the club. So I contacted, you know, sent a request in and that's how this all started. So Perfect. Yeah. Well, how about the name Primeval? Where, where did that come about? How did you guys uh, <laughs> come to uh, pick the name? And obviously the logo you guys got uh, is pretty incredible. So yeah. the idea behind the name Primeval, where did that come from? Well, um, first of all, I'm start off, like, I always tell people like, you know, trying to name a brewery is kind of like trying to name your first child without using any other child's name that's ever been used. Um, just because trying, you know, the industry of beer, wine, liquor, all that kind of stuff is kind of grouped together when you're trying to trademark a name or something like that. You can't use anything that's the same, similar, and or a lot of times even the intention is close to it, mm-hmm. you know, whether spelling is different or not. So we had a whole slew of names we, we started going through. Um, we both kind of brainstormed, got together, went through them. Didn't agree on them, couldn't come to agreement on some, like some, um, found out they couldn't use them. And I mean, honestly, we went through this process for a long time. Um, and then um, we were just kind of um, sitting down one day, and the name Prime Evil got kind of thrown out. Um, and it kind of just started sticking from there. Um, the kind of sort of theme, kind of, you know, as far as the logo, kind of got put into this uh, as well sketched up a little uh, rendition of what this might look like um, and then um, uh, kind of went through this uh, design process with a group an online group and um, this is how it came out perfect yeah this was uh, actually designed that and the logo is we get a lot of compliments on it the logo is pretty great um, this was actually designed by a woman in the Philippines um, it was site called 99 designs it's basically a crowdsourcing type of thing um, so we had the name uh, we 
you know, we had some guidelines like uh, we can kind of envision something with a, a dinosaur of some sort with a beer barrel type of thing. And, uh, you know, you throw that out there and you see what people come up with. Fantastic. You know, creativity is kind of a hallmark of kind of the craft brew industry. And I think that's uh, exemplified in kind of the names of all the different beers. Uh, how'd you guys come up with some of the names of some of the selections that you have here at Primeval? You know, I'm a, I love Welcome to Hells. It's a fantastic beer, but you got a lot of fun names around your beers. How did you design those and come up with those? Uh, so most of them, uh, most, most everything that we've done here to this point um, has been like a somewhat proven homebrew recipe on a small scale that then we're scaling up here. Um, so when, you, when you're home brewing, you name your beers. And for the most part, the beers kind of carried over. Um, the, the exception to that is the uh, IPA. Um, and the IPA is, was not named because uh, prior to this because frankly, we didn't really brew them. Um, <laughs> we get, we get uh, and we, you know, we, we get a rep uh, I, from some people maybe that like we're anti-IPA, which is actually not true. We like IPAs. We just think there's a wonderful world of beer styles out there and people should try things other than IPAs. You know, it's okay mm -hmm. to drink a few different things, but um, we weren't big IPA brewers as home brewers. And so we had to like, when we got into business, it's like, okay, well, we got to have an IPA. Well, so we came up with the recipe, we, we got the beer going, and then it's like, well, what do we name it? Well, um, when we uh, started developing this space, it was an art gallery. Um, there was drywall up all over the place. Um, and so we wanted to demo all that out and get back to the old brick and this kind of old world feel here. And when we did that, um, we uncovered the Maxwell sign. No. Uh, Maxwell is a, uh, come to find out, um, it was a motor car uh, company in Indiana uh, in the early 1900s. And our, based on the research that the owner of our building did um, around like, I think 1912, 1914, somewhere in there, um, the spot that we're in was a showroom for Maxwell motor cars. So oh, wow. um, we thought, uh, you know, and we, the sign, was touched up and we kind of incorporated that into the design here and we also thought well we should you know should probably name a beer maxwell and um the one beer that didn't really have a predetermined name was the ipa and so um that's why maxwell ipa is called what it is fantastic well you know noblesville is kind of this downtown area it's got kind of a unique aesthetic to it it's kind of looked you know kind of like old world, what made you want to select uh, Noblesville for this location? I mean, you probably looked at various other yeah. places, but what made you select uh, Noblesville specifically? Well, with, um, I mean, Nathan and I brewing what I would call old world style beers, I mean, in a sense, traditional styles, um, it kind of goes with the theme of everything, right? I mean, we want to kind of expose people to these because there are a lot of IPAs, and like I said, nothing against them, but we want to expose these old world styles to people as well. We also like that traditional feel, um, hence, course before COVID um, our tap room looked like a beer hall right we have right. long uh, wooden tables lined up so I have this communal seating um, and with the downtown area of Noblesville being this kind of older feel they haven't you know trying to bring it up to uh, a modern day age and you know, they kind of left the aesthetics like you said um, we just felt it was a good fit um, and this was actually where we started looking at when we, when we were looking for a location in the beginning uh, of course there just wasn't anything available um, so we started journeying around the city trying to find something um, and probably a little over a year maybe uh, we went through this whole uh, uh, searching around and couldn't find anything that we really just felt stuck with us and then 
two buildings or two locations came available um, here in Noblesville. This one and the one on the corner where Grindstone is. Right. Um, so we looked at both of them and uh, this one ended up working out perfect for us. Yeah, it's a great spot. I think you get a lot of walkthrough traffic, right? When, you know, they do some of the events down here. Well, you know, seeing that you've been brewing for a while, you know, can you can you think back to the to the first beer that you had that made you want to think like after tasting it, like, hmm, I think uh, I think beer is going to be a bigger part of my life. If you can think back to that that era, what what beer was the first one that you tried that said, hmm, this is this is good. I think I'm going to dive into this a little further. Well, I don't. <laughs> I actually would. My answer would be that I don't have one, and I'll try to explain why. <laughs> um, so I was uh, when I was younger, I and and the the craft beer market, of course, was, was nothing. You know, back in the early late '90s, was nothing like it is now. But sure. um, but I there there were some things starting to emerge out there, and um, I was really getting into like uh, in, you know some some American craft and also some imports, um, and getting into the European styles of beer. Um, but I really I had. I had no interest in brew. I didn't know anything about it. I had zero interest in it. Um, but I'm a hard person to buy gifts for. And so one Christmas, uh, my my uh, wife's parents, um, they were like, were basically like, well, he likes beer, so let's get him a homebrewing kit. And I got this, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like this is like <laughs> brewing beer is supposed to be, you know, I, I or drinking beer is fun. Like I don't want to put work into this, right? But um, <laughs> But they, you know, I, I got this basic kit and they also bought uh, a recipe kit. So I had all the ingredients to make a beer. And so um, I, I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. And um, and I and so I, I made a batch of beer and uh, it, it wasn't a disaster. Um, I think if I, at the time I thought it was great, like when I did it, if I were to go back in time, if I were to go back in time and try it now, I kind of wonder what I would think. But, you know, it went well enough. That I was like, oh, try another one. And then uh, I'll try another one, and it, I got sucked in. I got, I got hooked in, and uh, uh, you know, and obviously at that point, it's still a hobby. It's not, it's not like, oh, this is like my calling or any. You know, I did this, for, right. I did this for a long time before you know we ever got to this point. But uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I got started. So. How about you, Tim? Um, well, as far as getting started brewing, I mean, I. Uh, during the, uh, you know, during that kind of recession back in 2008, 2009, I wasn't sure like what was going to happen. I mean, I was still working, um, but you know, I just there was a little more time, so um, I was kind of like, I mean, I love drinking beer and everything, so I'm like, well, I'm gonna try brewing this. So I bought a bought a kit um, from Great Fermentations and uh, uh, followed it to the T. I'm an engineer, so I followed all the instructions to the T, except you know, there, there's a lot of vagueness in some of the instructions, but. Basically, what ended up happening is I ended up scorching my pot, burning all the sugars to the bottom of the pot, and it was like a complete disaster. Um, it was just a mess, and I was like all frustrated with it. I said, well, I'm not going to do this. I mean, it's just a waste of time. But, you know, I don't usually like just stop with that. After I got my calmed down, I went back, cleaned everything back up. I took a lot of the pot cleaned off, but did. Bought the same kit, started doing it, and then just kind of fell in love with that. The beer, like Nathan said, go back in time, the beer probably wasn't as good as you think it was, but. Right. For me at the time, it's like, wow, I actually did this. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of started falling in love with it. I got bought every book I could. I listened to every podcast I could. Uh, and just kind of built up, you know, as much knowledge as I possibly could brew and expand my capacity for brewing and what I could do with it. Um, and it just kind of went from there. Um, 
you know, I love the science behind the brewing. I also love the creativity behind the brewing, so I kind of built both my needs when it comes to that. Um, and I, I just find it really uh, a great satisfaction my, my, myself. Um, so, I don't just like I said, fell in love with it. As far as how this got started, honestly, you, I mean, you kind of, I think in your mind, you think about this every now and then. As you, as I, I mean, I think a lot of homebrewers think about this to a degree, depending on what's going on. Sure. But honestly, it didn't, it kind of blossomed my mind a little more when I came back from, I went on a beer trip to Belgium. Um, and when I came back, it's kind of like where it kind of really started coming to life for me. Um, just because of, ha you know, going there. And I'd been here before, but not like on a dedicated beer trip. So these beers I was having are just, you know, you have fantastic right from the source and you get this new appreciation for what they are and what they do. And then you try to get them here and then it's just, they're different, right? And, you know, I always loved it. My father traveled to Germany a lot, brought beer back. And it's just one of these things he really enjoyed. So it was like, can, you know, I wanted to kind of do this. And so that's, it was after I came back, it's where it kind of started going with where I approached Nathan about it. We had it, we started having discussions about it, so. Fantastic. I mean, you mentioned Belgium. I mean, that kind of leads me into my next question is that as you guys are building up Primeval here and, and getting things off the ground and hope to expand and grow, is there any national breweries that inspire you specifically? And, and if so, why? Um, I think, you know, I was a, uh, I, I was a pretty big you know, it, it, as, as I was developing my home brewing, I was a pretty big founders geek. Mm -hmm. um, and we took kind of pilgrimages to uh, Grand Rapids when found, I, I don't know if, a lot of people have probably been there at this point and have been sure. to their, you know, expansive, their nice space in downtown. Um, we went up there when it was like a little, it was often a little warehouse basically. And they built um, a little tap room at the very front. It, they could maybe see like, you could maybe see like 25 people in there. I'm not sure, but mm. I mean, we were going, we were going up there because the beers were getting made and they're getting distributed here. And, um, uh, you know, we were making pilgrimages there. Um, another one was uh, Arcadia, which I'm not even sure how they're doing. If they, I don't see them distributed around here, but they're in Battle Creek, Michigan. And mm. they, um, they did a lot of British beers, um, which kind of be somewhat became my niche as a home brewer. Um, so those, those, those were two that, you know, when I was kind of developing the homebrewing and before the uh, craft beer scene really took off in Indiana that, um, yeah, I would say kind of inspired me, um, you know, since now that the local scene has changed and, you know, I always kind of list, um, you know, Daredevil, uh, Beer Brewery, Taxman, I think are, you know, to me are like three of the local breweries that I think do really good work and that I kind of, you know, look up to and aspire, you know, aspire to be, I, I, should, I shouldn't say aspire to be like, because we're not trying to aspire to be like anybody, but in terms of, you know, we're trying to do our own thing, but in terms of quality, um, I, I, those are some that I look up to. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as a, a national brewery, I mean, um, I, you know, Sierra Nevada comes to mind, yeah, sure. was, you know, one of the the first you know real craft beer I, I, I would say I had but then another one was I mean it's you know um, you get a lot here in Ohio uh, when I was in Ohio but or in Indiana originally but Boulevard Brewing so the story behind Boulevard Brewing in Kansas City is I mean the founder and owner of that basically he, he started that because he came like I was talking about came back from Europe 
um, after mm. traveling around and he, when he came back, he couldn't find beer he wanted, uh, that he liked the beer he was drinking over there. And so he ended up starting uh, Boulevard Brewing. Um, and, um, you know, that was kind of a, you know, really fantastic story, uh, but I, it just kind of stuck me a lot. But, um, you know, as far as like, I, I kind of like want to, you know, kind of like Nathan said, I mean, some of the, our local breweries, I mean, we just have some fantastic places around here. Sure. You know, I mean, Daredevil makes some, you know, fantastic beers, but the, you know, one of the things they, you know, they do is they make a lot of fantastic German style lagers, um, really, you know, great local beer. You know, start off and just does a tremendous amount of variety of beers and they're just, you know, they're, they're top notch. Um, I mean, and Taxman has you know, pretty much dedicated themselves from starting, you know, kind of Belgian style um, beers and, and they, they branch off and do other things, but at the same time, they, they kind of stuck to that core and they made some wonderful beers um, and, and, and high quality beers. So, like I said, I mean, we're, we're doing our own thing, but you you see what we what people are doing here locally and it, it inspires you. So. Absolutely. I think, as, as you mentioned, I think we have just over 160 plus breweries here just in Indiana alone. If you had to pick, uh, you know, you mentioned a few of those uh, other breweries. If you had to pick one beer outside your own blends that you could only drink that beer every day, what would it be outside of your own? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, That's like some, you know, that's kind of a hard question because I, yeah. I get asked this question, like come, people come in here all the time and say, well, what's your favorite beer in your lineup? And it's like, yeah. honestly, I don't have a favorite beer. It's what, the, it's whatever, you know, it's what I'm in the mood to drink. If you, if I'm going to drink several beers, maybe all day long, or if I'm just going to drink several beers at point, I mean, I might drink the, you know, the cream ale or the Hellas, right? Or you know, potentially even the round beer. It's a little darker, you know, and maltier, but the other beers I might drink, if I want, you know, something a little more bite, I might go for the IPA. Or if I'm, you know, just gonna sit, really just want to relax, I'll drink one of our bigger beers. I mean, mm. it's to me, it's. So I'm not trying to deflect the question, but I'll have to say <laughs> that it really to me is about whatever mood I'm in gotcha. for drinking. Right? I could say uh, I like this beer from Taxman or this beer from um, Tax Burnham up in Lapel or something. But I, I love all these beers. It's just yeah. that depends on what I want, and I'm in the new drink, which is why we like to try to offer a different selection because people. <clears throat> aren't always in the mood to drink an IPA, right? Mm -hmm. And like I said, nothing against it, it's just that people like variety, I think. Sure. Yeah, if I'm, uh, you know, and it, I think, I think, I think there's two, diff you can parse that question two different ways, like, you know, what's going to be your go-to if you're looking for a special beer, and then like, you know, you, you kind of use the term, well, you know, everyday beer, well, like what I've found here, and I and I'm I kind of deflecting because I'm bringing it back to our beer, I know, but like, um, you know, I you know, I what what do I drink the most of just on a daily basis as I'm working, as I'm hanging out here? Um, it's kind of become our cream ale. Well, would I ever go around going like cream ale is my favorite style of beer, or like you know, it's some yeah, yeah. special thing? No. Right. But you know, it, it's 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 just a light, refreshing thing. Is like you know, as an everyday beer. Um, you know, there's a. I'm blanking on the uh, brewery name at the moment, but like for me, a special beer that I even when I can find it is uh, there's like a. It's it's called like Barista Quad. It's from a Belgian brewery. It's basically mm -hmm. it's a Belgian quad with coffee that, with like coffee and chocolate. That's just fantastic. That you know, but it, you know it's a. 
11% beer, 11% alcohol beer, I think. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not <laughs> something you sit around and, <laughs> just, you know, I can say, I, I, you know, so if I say, well, that's my favorite beer, that doesn't mean that, that I sit around and drink that every day because sure. you couldn't function. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Well, you know, in my day job as, a, as, a, as an advisor, you know, I try to, like, educate, guide, and counsel folks that, you know, there's challenges to, to building wealth, and we predominantly focus on, you know, specifically four challenges. One is, in particular, just getting people organized. As you guys look to craft, what is your next great beer or what you plan to have on the tap next? What are some of the challenges that you face in creating something from scratch that you hope will be appealing to the masses, right? Yeah, and it's... Sorry, uh, no. but um, uh, no, I, you, in a way you kind of nailed it just in the way that you phrased the question is it's, it's trying to figure out what, um, trying, to, trying to balance what you want to do with what people will respond to because we are still a business. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I can go back to the IPA and then, you know, we, we have this little story about how when we first drafted our business plan, we're like we're doing all these European beers, which is still our focus, and we're like we're not doing an IPA. We're going to be different, we're not gonna, but we're not doing an IPA. And you know, we we we're talking to different people in the industry just to get different insights on a variety of things as we're trying to get started here. And you know, we would tell people that who are who were in business, and they you know they're just like laugh at us. Would, would you want to go out of business? Like you're not gonna, like, like in the current climate, you think you can just not brew an IPA? So we went, well, we, you know, we better brew an IPA. Um, and, you know, with our seasonal taps, we've, um, you know, we've got the Rauch beer, uh, which is a smoked German lager as part of our core. And that's a challenging thing to sell mm -hmm. um, to people. And also in the, some of the seasonals that we've done, it's like, you know, we have these beers that we love personally that we've brewed and you know we've we roll some of these things out and they're a little unusual um and they haven't always sold well so mm -hmm. um i you know we're, we're figuring it out <laughs> i think because you know um you, but you gotta yeah you gotta just try some things and i think but at the same time you, then you hit some things that maybe don't fall in conventionally i think the um the, the titus which is a um it's a weizenbach um which is not a very common style to start with. Um, ours is a pale version, which is even less common. Um, but that actually, you know, we've put that on tap a few, a few different times as a seasonal, and that's actually gone over pretty well. So, very good. You know, one of the uh, when I speak with a lot of business owners, and you know, obviously failure is a, a part of business in some ways to grow and expand. As it relates to beer, what are what's a fun story around? something that you were tinkering with, maybe a new flavor, maybe adding in a citrus that you thought would come out great that ultimately just came out dead on arrival and was just just failure. And then you brought you back to the drawing board. What's a, what's a fun story around something that you tinkered with that ultimately came up short? Well, I mean, I could think of kind of two things, but one's kind of like maybe something we tinkered with that never went right, but then another thing was, I think, something that turned out really well for us. Mm -hmm. um, First one, not necessarily here per se, but when we were developing the IPA recipe, um, like I said, like I said, we just weren't, we didn't brew a lot of IPAs. We, I mean, I had brewed some, I know he had brewed some, but we just, it wasn't our big thing. So we, I mean, I never tried to perfect a re IPA recipe or anything like that. So in developing the IPA recipe, we went through so many iterations. We had this idea in mind that we were gonna do this, and this is gonna be great, we're gonna do something different. And we just kept trying and trying and pushing it, and, 
we kept repeating this beer and serving it to our club members, our friends, and we just and we just couldn't get it. We did, it just wouldn't come out like we were hoping it would come out. And in the end, we finally just like let's just kind of I mean scrap this to a degree um, and start over um, with a recipe. And so Nathan pulled a uh, kind of a uh, a recipe out that wasn't really an IPA, but was more of like kind of like a hoppy wheat, and mm. we took that base and transformed it, and that, you know, with the idea of what we were looking at, um, and that turned into Maxwell. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many iterations we went through this IPA. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, it's crazy, but he brewed it, I would brew it, he would, we would go back and forth, back and forth. And I, I, sorry to jump in, but I, this is not a great story. So there was, you know, we got in, we're doing all these iterations and we're, we're up against it. Like we're, you know, we're, we're doing it on a homebrew basis and we're up against it. We're ready to open. Mm-hmm. You know, we're about ready to open here. We've got to have an IPA. We, we got one, you know, we like basically tore everything up. I made this beer with, you know, completely redesigned recipe. We got one test batch in. And, and then like we're opening here and we went it's better than anything we've done before so like that basically became the recipe and I it, it's but it's been our best-selling beer I mean it's an IPA but I you know I, I think it's actually you know we we just uh, kegged a fresh batch of it yesterday and uh, I took some home last night and was like you know this turned out to be a pretty good beer but yeah there you go right pressure yeah pressure it worked out pressure works out and well, uh, what you guys got, you know, pressure produces diamonds, right? So, so the, real quick, the other side of that story was the uh, uh, kind of the flip side, which is a good thing. Our first batch that we ever brewed in the system was kind of a calibration batch, and so okay. we were just kind of like trying to figure out, like, well, what are we going to brew, so forth. So I had a, a cream ale recipe that I made as a homebrew, like over and over. It was beer I would always make for like friends that just didn't get into craft beer, and just, you know, it, you know, whole movement. They just like kind of like drinking coolers, but like, like things like that. Yeah. So I'd always have that on for them, and so we decided let's just do this out of your kind of calibration bash don't matter if we throw it away throw it away no big deal never intended to have this thing on well we brewed this first batch and um you know it came out well and we're like well this is pretty good well, let's just we're not going to toss this or anything let's just put it on well it actually sold really well so it's actually up in our top four beers you know top selling beers so so it's state you know we never intended to have five kind of mainstays but we now we have you know, we have we're tending to have five, but now we have six in a sense, right? Because that one became one of our mainstays. Is that the the lazy days? The lazy days, lazy yeah. days yeah. yeah. And that's that's where you balance, you know, what you want to do. Not that we don't want to do that, but not where you want to do versus you know, seeing what 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 your customers want. Sure. Um, you know, we put it on. It was it was part of our first seasonal. The lazy days was part of our first seasonal batch of beers that we released, and then we looked at how it sold, and we went, "Whoa, we can't just get rid of this." Right. Um, so we, we actually, you know, we meant to have five core beers and then it became six and Lazy Days was the sixth. And I think it's kind of funny because he mentioned that, you know, he really likes drinking the Lazy Days and when he wasn't a real big fan of cream ales or things like that and that wasn't, he's like, you know, it just wasn't going to be his thing and it turned out that he really enjoys his beer now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah to be honest, I mean, that's, that's my second favorite, you know, and I wasn't, I didn't really have too much experience with cream as well and then yeah. I came in here at the recommendation of uh, one of my friends and I was like this is fantastic so that's that's fun how 
one story leads to another that can manifest itself. Well, what what do you guys have on tap for 2021? Any new blends you're you're tinkering with? I know you did the the coffee style with uh, with the coffee company across the street. You guys looking to bring that out? And what other things uh, can we expect from Primeval in 2021? Well, we do have um, well, we have the oatmeal style coming back as well as so we're we're gonna make a bigger portion of that with the coffee uh, from across the street. So that's in process and be released shortly. Um, we have um, several other styles that we'll do that we haven't uh, done yet um, to kind of hopefully with uh, coincide with some um, um, I would call some seasonal type stuff like uh, potentially like Fruit Loop Fest in, in the springtime. We'll bring our, you know, um, we'll maybe start looking at doing a kind of a, like a, a sour, like a Berliner Weiss or a Goza um, to have our own on tap to give people that option. Um, right. Um, so those are a couple. Well, there are others as well. Some other blends of core beers with other stuff. So we'll look at that as well. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, we've got a uh, Doppelbach in the works that you know. Would, I mean, as a as a very German focused brewery, we'll you know we'll always have things like that, and it'll be it'll be due it'll be set for a spring release of the you know kind of the traditional time of uh, what you would call box season. So um, that'll be a big one coming up. Um, probably going to experiment with some. Uh, more Belgian styles because we um, we do want to we're, we're it's not that it's a focus but we do love Belgian styles we want to get into it a little more it's just been more of a matter we've done a few it's just been more of a matter of like there's so many beers we want to brew what do we get to and um, and so I, I think that'll be on the way um, one of our taps were this year we are dedicating a little more to um, small batch experimental type things so that we can turn mm. things over and offer uh, something new to people a little more than we did in 2020 as well so gotcha it'll give us some feedback as well like what you know how things are going what people like things like that so sure you guys do like kegs and one-offs and things like that for some of the local restaurants around here or just people that request hey i want to get a, a keg more than what you guys just offer here in the in the the brewery um i mean we offer cake or uh, six barrels of our our core beers uh, or any of the beers mainly uh or basically but we don't really you know do anything special for people they request it like gotcha we just pretty much offer what we have on tap very good uh we are looking to start we we have not been distributing our beer our focus for the first year was tap room say you know selling beer out of here that's kind of the core of our business um but we are starting to, going into 2021, we are starting to look at possibilities for pushing our beer out. It'll be on a limited basis, but you know, trying to get into some restaurants and bars and things like that. Um, we did have uh, a number of our beers on at Books and Brews in Noblesville Town Center, uh, or, or Hamilton Town Center, excuse me, um, uh, back in like October, mm -hmm. November, um, that they, they just approached us and asked and we said, sure, but, um, we're going to make a little more of a concentrated effort this year. To Very do good. Like that. You know, in, in my day to day as an advisor, you know, you, you educate people on life's challenges, right? And if you guys were to sit in a, in, in my seat as an advisor and you had a, a group of guys that were starting just like you did as, as home brewers, you know, coming in from when you guys opened late night, 2019, coming through 2020, which is a year I'm sure most of us just want to forget. But yeah. if somebody, if a group of guys came to you and said, you know, what advice would you give for somebody that wants to launch a place like what you are creating here at Primeval? Uh, two, thing, <laughs> two things for me um, is 
you know, and, and, and we got into this game late, so I, I realized the irony in some of what I'm about to say. But um, the first thing is, you know, what's your niche? Um, you know, what, what do you do that's special, that's a little unique? What kind of vision do you have? Because this isn't a this isn't the same environment as when Sun King and Flat Twelve started. This mm-hmm. is um, there are a lot of breweries. Um, it's not the boom that it used to be. It's not you know the, the industry is not growing the way that it was. There's a lot more competition. You're not just going to open a brewery and automatically be successful because right. you roll out a standard. Here's our blonde ale. Here's our you know brown. Yeah, here, here's, here's our like standard. Here. You know what, what you know. I my I'm strongly of the opinion you've you've got to figure out when you're breaking into it now, you know what makes you special, what makes you unique, you know what's your twist on it. What what are you bringing to the table that people can't easily get somewhere else? In other words, kind of find your why of why you're doing it, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not it's not enough to just be like, hey, we're a craft brewery. There was a time you said, hey, we're a craft brewery. And like I would go there, I I drive to the other side of the city because right. I loved beer, and there weren't very many. And be like, wow, there's a new brewery opening 30 miles away. Yeah, I'm gonna like drive and go check it out. Now I'm like I've got a bunch of great breweries <laughs> like two miles from my house. Like I don't right. do I don't do that anymore. Right. Um, so you know what are you doing that you know what are you doing that's gonna draw people in? Um, and then the second thing is um, you know you better be serious about what you're getting into. This is yeah. not, it is not easy. Uh, the, the, the time and the expense and what we went through to just, to just get a, a, a place this size off the ground, mm-hmm. you know, don't go into this going like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to open a brewery cause it'll be fun. This is not easy to get something like this off the ground. So you better be prepared for that <laughs> mm-hmm. and you better be pretty committed to what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with what Nathan said, and, and I think, you know, first of all, reiterating the whole point of, you know, like you said, what he said, the whole why you're doing this and, and what it's what it's going to be. Um, you know, to me, you know, one of the things with with this and why we, you know, this kind of goes along with what the you know, feel of our tap room is or was before COVID too. Is is having this kind of communal feel. So it's, it's to me about sometimes drinking beer. Is it more about the experience? A lot of times, I can I, I can tell you all the. I, so many times I went with friends, family, or just whatever the experience I've met people, you know, I may not even remember the beer I was drinking, but I can tell you about the stories of when I was drinking the beer and who I met and what I was talking about and things like that because it was that beer, those beers brought us together. So, mm-hmm. you know, creating that experience for people is is partially, you know, that, as a, of that why, right? I mean, that niche is not just about the beer necessarily. It's also, I mean, you want to have good beer, but it's about the experience you're creating with, with that beer. Um, you know, so that's the other thing, and I can't reiterate enough that you know, a lot of people get into the brewing thing. Well, I'm just going to brew beer. I'm just going to brew beer. That's all they're going to do. They're dedicated to brewing beer. You know, especially if you're opening your own business. I mean, if you're just right. a brewer, maybe that's one thing. You're just going to brew the beer. But when you're you're opening the brewery, you're opening your own brewery. I mean, there's more. To, you are going to spend a lot of hours doing stuff that has nothing to do with brewing, right? And honestly, that's where we spend most of our time. It's not sure. brewing, you know. Um, you know, just when you came this morning, I'm scrubbing the floor. Doesn't mean, yeah. you know, I had nothing to do with brewing. I'm just cleaning the floor because you got, it's got to be done, right? right. Are, I mean, these are just things that have to happen that you have to do. You're going to spend early mornings, late nights doing this stuff. And so, 
just don't be delusional about that. You know, go into this with the expect. I mean, with understanding that you're going to do these things. You know, if it is a little less, then bonus for you. But you know, go into the you know, go into this thing with expecting that it's going to be a lot of work, hours, time. So that's fantastic. You know, you guys have a fantastic quote on your website, and I and I wrote it down this morning because I I wanted to not mess this quote up because I think it's <laughs> it's a fantastic quote. It says. I prefer to be a dreamer among the humblest with visions to be realized than Lord among those without dreams or desires. That quotes by Khalil Gibran. What does that quote mean to you? Yeah, it, um, so I, 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 this is not something that I've carried with me for a long time, but when, when we started developing this, I, 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 I kind of went searching you know, for something that was kind of a motivational thing to be able to, to look at as we're being able to do this and also put on the website and kind of project that to people. And, yeah. you know, it really, it, it, what it means to us is um, we, when we started doing this, um, you know, with the business environment being what it was, the craft beer environment being what it was, so many breweries like I was talking about before, you know, we had to ask ourselves, all right, if we can be like, Noblesville's favorite brewery and we can eke out a living you know based on that are we happy with that and you know you have to you have to ask those questions now and we and we said yeah but if you're coming into it now going I'm going to be the next Sun King I'm going to be the next three Floyds good luck yeah I mean I'm not saying you can't but if you go into it assuming that you're going to get and maybe we'll get there I don't know but you know um it, it so that the, the what the quote means to me is, you know, I, I would rather have something that may be looked at as meager, uh, small, you know, not some big empire, but I made this, I'm proud of this, um, rather than like, you know, being uh, a part in a bigger machine somewhere else. Very good. All right, last question. You know, when I, um when I sit down with clients for the first time, I often ask this question is to say, you know, if we could sit down again in three years, what would need to take place within that time, both professionally, financially, personally, that we can look back on and say our time spent together was valuable. Putting that in your terms as brewers, if we were to sit down and say three years to do another podcast, mm -hmm. what do you guys envision for Primeval and what are you looking to accomplish over the next three years that you can look back on and say, we're on the right path. We're starting to achieve some of the goals we set out initially. Give me some feedback on what you hope the next three years will look like that we can look back on with, with fondness. Um, well, you know, taking current things into you know, consideration, I, I hope we're still not in this pandemic and it's going on and dragging <laughs> on, keep, you know, keeping everybody kind of subdued a little bit. But, um, you know, kind of, reiterating a little bit what Nathan said back, back to the quote I mean we want to grow we want to exp you know expand in, in, in a way but we want to you know we want it to be what we want to do right we don't sure. want I mean we want to fill people's needs we want people to enjoy the beer but at the same time we want to have, you know this is our business and we want it to grow like we want to grow. do the things we want to do to uh, grow the business and people respond to that and, and we'll you know we'll evaluate that along the way but you know we want to grow under in a control, not just uh, uh, where a lot of breweries have just expanded to the point that they've got themselves in trouble. You know, when things do come up, mm -hmm. right, and they, then they can't, you know, take it back, right? They can't 
step, take a step back and, uh, and uh, reverse course a little bit. So, you know, I, I think, you know, we want to grow, we want to expand, add more tanks, you know, distribute more, people come in and enjoy us, you know, but all the like Nathan said, can we be Noblesville's brewery? Can we, can we go even be a little bigger all, and continue to offer things that just aren't offered or other people, you know, or other people do or other breweries do? Not that they're bad, or bad or other breweries are bad, just we want to offer something different and continue to, and people enjoy it. Go back to the communal feel where you just don't feel like you're sitting at a table where everybody can come in and enjoy it. Sit down and meet a new friend um, and, and kind of grow in a little bit, you know, business-wise, but a little bit organically as well with, with, uh, with the community. Fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the number one goal, really for us still is is very is, is small and very local. Um, you know, we want to be we want people to say this is the best brewery in Noblesville. I'd like people to say this is the best brewery in Hamilton County. I'd like people to say this is the best brewery in the Indy area, the state, blah blah blah. But you know, that's that's getting a little more. <laughs> that's <laughs> there's there, there's a lot of other players when you start sure. getting into that. Um, so you know we we're, we're gonna we're gonna focus small and um, we're gonna kind of do our thing um, and do something that we think is a little unique and that we can be proud of and um, you know we're gonna evaluate options from there we, you know um, when we we're not we we've always kind of had the attitude like we're not going to push aggressively in the retail market just because we think that's what a brewery should do or because we have some financial goal um it you know will we do that if we think that we're building our brand and we feel like there's demand sure but you know it's just going to be evaluating that as we move forward fantastic well boys thank you very much for doing this i greatly appreciate it thank you nathan compton tim palmer primeval brewing noblesville indiana come check them out Thanks, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Well, that's it for episode one. I hope you had as much fun listening as I did speaking with both Tim and Nathan. If you're in the Noblesville, Indiana area, I encourage you to go check them out for a beer or visit them at their website, primevilbrewing.com. For the latest on Financial Views with Local Brews, please check out our website at financialviewswithlocalbrews.com. And follow us on all of our social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, where you can like and subscribe to future content and see who's on tap for future episodes. Thank you for your support. I look forward to seeing you for our next episodes in the future. And as always, cheers. The next round's on me. Bye, everyone.